0: Let's see. It sounds like the blessing's on three people on this side of the room. What about the rest of y'all? Yeah. All right. All right. All right. All right. Well, the chair's empty again. Can you see that? Yeah. Everybody went, yeah. Yeah. Well, he got his voice back yesterday. So, uh, he will be back bright and shining. I'm expecting Sunday morning. And you know, I am expecting. <laughs> So, uh, uh, we are really, really expecting that, uh, he'll be stirred up and, you know, if he hasn't preached in a couple of services, <laughs> we may have to somehow figure out how we can go double over or something, you know, first and second or something, but, uh, he's doing real good, doing really, really, really well. I can't remember that he's ever missed a service ever, you know, but, uh. I don't know, he's healed up and doing good, so uh, yeah, so God's good. So uh, he asked me uh, today, uh, and he said, well, just tell him you, got the, you had this burning message inside you that you just had to get out. <laughs> I said, yeah, okay, and I laughed, you know. But you know, last night when we were talking about it, you guys can be seated. Last night when we were talking about it and stuff, you know, I went and got on my treadmill and I started running, and I thought, you know... Um, I hear from the Lord real well on my treadmill, but um, I got, I did get something, you know, and I, I got something that I think is going to be really, really, really good for tonight, and uh, I think it's an answer to what we need to do, and uh, I've been in faith all day long about it, and I've been expecting all day long, and uh, I think you're going to be really excited about it, so, because uh, God never leaves us hanging, doesn't do it. He always knows what's going and he's always, because you know what, if he did, I'd have been in a mess last Sunday morning, you know, because I had about 30 minutes to, you know, come up with something. But you can't come up with it. He already knew. And so all he had to do was just tell me. I just had to listen. So uh, it's the same with tonight. So when I was running, um, I started thinking, Lord, what what do you want us to do tomorrow night? What do you want us to do? And um, he said, "I I want you to talk about addictions. And I thought, yeah, and I'm not going to look at, you know, Dave and Joe when I do it because, you know, I run a lot, you know, and uh, they pick on me a lot about it, you know, and, uh, but everybody, you know, has different things that you may think, well, I can just go home now because I don't have any addictions, you know, but maybe we should, we should term it something else, Okay. What could you be uh bound by? What do you got to have? What do you got to do? Where do you got to go? What can you not live without? Maybe you might look at it a little bit different that way, you know. And um, because a lot of times we get into... Uh, got to have it thing. Let me read you off some things that came up in my heart as I was thinking about it. You know, most people think of these things. They think of like drugs and food, you know, things you got to have. You know, I, I got amazed recently how long you can go without food. You know, we think we got to have it. We, Dave and I get real tickled around here. Put my jacket down. It's hiked up. Excuse me. My helpers here. Pull my jacket. The good helpers are hard to find. You know that? These two have been the best help God ever sent anybody. I'm telling you what. From the day we opened the doors. Um, people think um, of food. I was thinking about, you know, Dave and I. We'll, we'll go to be, we're working on something and we'll be in the middle of something. And all of a sudden, it's like the rapture took place. It's 12 noon. <laughs> and we're like, where did everybody go? We can't, can we find anybody? We can't find anybody because it's lunchtime, you know. And neither of us eat lunch. And so we're like, okay, where did everybody go, you know. So uh, Food. Um, alcohol, liquor, cigarettes, gambling, porn, sex, stealing, spending. Now, like Keith always says, if it's your picture, just look straight forward and smile. And I say smile and wave, but then if you wave, you give it away, don't you? (laughs) Maybe you shouldn't wave, you know, just smile. Um. If you get too big a smile, they may know it too, though, you know, so, you know, whatever. Uh, Spending, stealing, lying. You know, we talked about this next one in in youth, self-abuse. You know, cutting or, or burning or plucking or all sorts of things, you know, youth have done and adults do. Bulimia, anorexia, temper, gossip. Oh, and this one's real popular nowadays, plastic surgery. Yeah. But then this next little list gets a little closer to home for me. Workaholic. Texting. (laughs) You know, the other day we were out on the boat. What's Dave turning his head for? I can see him turning his head. We were out on the boat and my sister was with us and she's rarely with us. And I was sitting on the back deck of the boat and Dave and Kim were with us, and Mike and Cher, they're gone, you know. And, and my sister says, um, somebody says, push her in or something. And my sister says, no, she's got her phone on. Or, you know, Brother Keith's going to pull her in or something. And she's got her phone on, and she, he won't pull her in with her phone on. And Dave says, he will pull her in with her phone on. He, that would be the reason to pull her in with her phone on, <laughs> you know, because he can't stand it. I mean, I think Kim and Keith would bury our phones, you know. Kim calls Dave's an appendage, you know. I mean, it's like, because we, look at all y'all people in here. We have to text and deal with stuff, you know. I mean, but um, I think Kim and Keith think they're part of us. But anyway, so the next one is like phones, you know, TV. Now, I I didn't call anybody's name on any of these. I, I called our name on some of them, that's all. The closest I've gotten is out. I'm blaming us. You know, Dave and I got in ch- trouble in church one night for texting me, if you didn't know that. <laughs> if you weren't here, we did. Yep. Uh, Cokes and coffee, energy drinks. People can get addicted to vitamins. Do you know that? People can get addicted to being late. just bound by it they're always late people can get addicted to cleaning people can get addicted to doing stuff for their kids people can get addicted to talking about people do you see what I'm saying people can get addicted to trying on clothes one right after the other never being ready on time I heard somebody laugh. You shouldn't have laughed so loud. (laughs) Shh, be quiet. Nobody will know it's you. But do you see what I'm saying? There's all kinds of addictions of doing the same thing. I mean, you you can pretend like nothing applies to you. But what it does is it just binds you up from being able to do other things. I know, just me, myself, recently, I quit watching so much TV. I mean, so much. I quit watching TV, period. And I'm not saying TV is bad. Don't go out of here and say she said TV is bad. Tom and Amy said, Mrs. Moore, please don't say that. But I didn't say it, okay? So if you say I said it, you lied. (laughs) But for me, for me, I know in my life, When I see that something has overtaken me before, I used to drink, and I won't tell you how many, but yes, I will. I was drinking something like 20-something Cokes a day. I was horrible about them. And so what I had to do is I had to cut them off. I mean, it wasn't no cut them back. It was like, okay, God, I'll cut them off. And I mean, I had to cut them off. And then there's been other things in my life that I know that had too much power in my life and I was addicted to it. And it wasn't no weaning myself from it. It was cut it off. And that was the way TV was. It was like the minute I'd walk in the door, I had to turn it on. Whether it was the news or whether it was the weather or whether it was a food channel or whether it was a whatever it was. And I was just watching it too much. It was like... I watched it all the time. And so I cut it off. So everybody has something, you know, that that they're working on. So what makes you be that way? Why? What makes us do those sort of things? Why do we get so into something like that? What makes it start? Because you like it. You're interested in it. It's fun to you. You enjoy it. So what happens next? You do it more, and you do it more, and you do it more, and you do it more. I think there's a scripture about that. You want to see? Let's look. Turn to James 1. Now, if I didn't call out anything that you're bound by, that might not excuse you, you know, because you already know what it is. But get excited in here tonight if you want to get free. Because we got some answers. And I believe tonight the title is Be Loosed. And I titled my The first title is... um, Let's see. The first page I've got titled, you can see it, you can put it on the screen. It says, Be Loosed. But then for the rest of the message, for my own self, when I preach, I preach mostly to my own self. I put, I'm loosed. Because everything applies to you. If it doesn't apply to you, you can't help anybody else with it. So, And I'm not saying I'm doing some, I'm not stealing and I'm not doing... Things like that. But there are things in your own life that you're doing that you want to be free from. So you need to look at them. So James 1. It says, Blessed is the man that endures temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to them that love him. Now the message on that verse says, Verse 12. Anyone who meets a testing challenge head-on, and manages to stick it out, is mighty fortunate. For such persons loyally in love with God, the reward is life and more life. So do you want life and more life? How do you get it? You may meet a a test or a challenge head-on, And you pass it. So let's keep reading. Verse 13. Let no man say when he's tempted, I'm tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempts he any man. But every man's tempted. Now what's this next part say? When he's drawn away of his own lust and enticed. So you like doing it. Just admit it. You like doing it. Whatever it is, you like it. That's your first step. You got to admit you like it. And until you admit that, you ain't going to get free from it. You like being late. You like cleaning. You like drinking. You like coffee. You like chocolate. You like porn, you like drugs, you like whatever it is, you like it, or elsewise, it wouldn't have been a test for you to begin with, same thing with me, I liked cokes, so when you had one, you had to have another one. And I liked food, too. That's why I got up to almost 200 pounds. Everybody's the same. There's things that you like. We'll figure out what the deal is. Then, when lust is conceived, it brings forth sin. When sin is finished, it brings forth what? So he doesn't show you that part. He doesn't show you the death part from drinking so many Cokes or getting so... Out of shape or all the other things. Now look at verse 22. Going down to there. But be doers of the word and not hearers only. The next part. Deceiving your own self. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who beholds his natural face in the glass and beholds himself and then goes away and straightway he forgets the manner of man he was. But whoso looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues therein and not be a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Remember that when we get to the end of the service doer of the word, okay? Can y'all remember that long? I probably won't go as long as Keith, so maybe you can remember it, okay? Now I'm not promising anything I may. All right. Turn to Romans 7:14. The NIV, please guys. We know that the law is spiritual But I am unspiritual, sold as a slave to sin. I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate to do, I do. Now, can we have any testimonies in here tonight? (laughs) No one is testifying. two, three, four people are honest in here. The rest of you? There will be an altar call for liars. (laughs) And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree with the law that is good. As it is, as it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but sin living in me. I know that nothing good lives in me. That is in my sinful nature for I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot Carry it out. You ever felt that way? Three people. For what I do is not good, not the good I want to do. No, the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Now, it may not just be evil as far as killing or stealing or committing adultery or whatever the sins are, but... To him that knows to do good and does it not is sin. And if there's something that God's been dealing with you about quitting and you're not quitting it, that's between you and the Lord. Okay? So um, let's see. Now if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who does it, but it's the sin that lives in me that does it. So I find this law at work. When I want to do good, evil is right there with me. You ever felt that way? Y'all are too quiet. You're going to tell off on yourself if you get too quiet because the quieter you are, the people around you are going to know. It's not going to work for you. Yep. Uh, So I find this law at work. When I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight to do God's law. But I see another law at work in my members, in my body waging at war the law of my mind, making me a what? Prisoner Prisoner of the law of sin at work within my members. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself in my mind am a slave to God's law, but the sinful nature a slave to the law of sin. So who's going to rescue you? Jesus. Uh, go on down to eight, chapter 8, verse 5. Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what natural desires but those who live according to the Spirit have their minds set on the, what the Spirit desires. The mind of the sinful man is death, but the mind is controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. The sinful mind is hostile to God, but, and it does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit. And if the Spirit of God lives in you... What happens to you? Can you overcome? We're going to find out. And if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. Turn real quickly to Psalms 145. I'm going to read you a few things, then we're going to do something. I want you to have some word in you before we do it. So what does God do? It said you are prisoners and you're bound by these things. You ever felt bound by anything in your life? Two people. Maybe we should, Maybe I should let somebody else preach. Anyway, we're going to go on anyway because I think this is right. Most people just won't admit it. Just because I'm so honest and tell you all my faults. <laughs> Psalm 146, verse 5. Blessed is he whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord his make, uh, God, the maker of heaven and earth, the sea, and everything in them, the Lord who remains faithful forever. He upholds the cause of the oppressed and gives food to the hungry. The Lord does what? What did the sin do earlier? Put you in prison. What does the Lord do? Sets the prisoners free. The Lord gives sights to the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the alien and sustains the fatherless and the widow. And he frustrates the ways of the wicked. The Lord reigns forever. Okay, what I want you to see is how long have you been bound by some of these things? A day, a week, a month. Do they ever make you feel condemned after you do them? Could they ever steal your faith from something you're believing for? What is the devil's purpose in them? Death. Death in your faith. Death in what you're believing for. Death in your life. Death in whatever area it could be. I don't know what all areas that you're having problems in. Maybe it's drugs, you know, and it's death in your body. Maybe it's alcohol, it's death in your liver. Maybe it's alcohol, it's death in your marriage. It could be death in a lot of different ways. But it's to destroy something, death. But how long can you be bound by that? Some people... I know one of the testimonies we got that... I don't think Kim read it tonight, but it was a a mom and dad that finally got relationship back with their son who'd been bound by alcohol. How long was it, Kim? Did you read it? 27 years or something like that? It was a long time. Bound. I mean, you could be bound by stuff for a very long time. But how long does it take God... To set you free. I mean, you've been yielding to it for a little while. How long does it take God to set you free? Let's see what the word says. How long it took him to actually set people free that had been bound. Okay? Mark. Seven. King James. And again, they were departing from the coast of Tyre and Sidon. He came to the Sea of Galilee through the midst of the coast of Decapolis. And um, they bring unto him one that was deaf and had an impediment in his speech. And they beseech him to put his hand upon him. And he took him aside from the multitude and put his fingers in his ears. And he spit on him and touched his tongue. And he looked up to heaven and sighed and said unto him, Apathia or Apathia, that is, be opened. And straightway his ears were opened and the string of his tongue was, so that meant it had been bound, right? Loosed and he spake plain. How long did that take? Instantly. He was bound and he was what? Instantly loosed. About that long. If I could snap. Somebody snap. Yeah, there you go. That long. Luke 13, NIV. Verse 10. And on the Sabbath day, he was teaching in one of the synagogues. And there was a woman who had been crippled for one day and she was bent over and she couldn't straighten up. Is that what yours says? 18 years. So maybe you've been bound by prescription drugs for 18 years. Maybe you've been bound By lying for 18 years. Maybe you've been bound by porn for 18 years. Maybe you've been bound by being late for 18 years. Maybe you've been bound by being two hours early for 18 years. I don't know. Everybody has their thing, you know. I don't know what it is. You know. And Jesus saw her and he called to her and he said, Woman, you are Set free from your infirmity. Other translations say loosed. How many of you says loosed? Look at the hands. And he put his hands on her and this is why I got this one. Immediately. She straightened up. And praised God. How long did that take? Can you snap? We could start. I, if I could snap. I can whistle as good as I can snap. <laughs> Be like Madagascar. <laughs> Acts 16, verse 26. And suddenly... This is NIV. This is Paul in jail. Y'all remember? There was a violent earthquake, and the foundations of the prison were open. And all at once, the prison doors flew open, and everybody's chains came loose. How long did that take? Okay, y'all got to help me with it. (laughs) Yeah, just that quick. They came loose. Now that's chains. Everybody's all at the same time. What happened to them? They came loose. It didn't take very long. They were bound in chains. You ever felt like you were bound in chains by something? Maybe you're bound in chains by fighting with your spouse. How long can it take God to fix it? (laughs) I'll get it here in a minute. That quick. If he can fix somebody that's been bound with an infirmity for 18 years... Just that quick. Can you hear? Yeah. If he can release everybody's chains in prison, just that quick. He can fix your wife or your husband, just that quick. That's right. That's right. That's exactly right. Daniel, chapter 3. Billy Joe Watts, y'all have seen him here. He's come around lots of times. Every time I read this, I think about him. He used to say it this way. You'll get a kick out of it. This is the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and a bad Negro, he says. (laughs) He's black. I can't read it without thinking about it ever since he taught us that way at school. He's the card. Anyway, Daniel 3, 24. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished, and he rose up in haste. And he spake and said unto all his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound? Say bound. Bound. Into the fire. Now, that would be a tough situation, wouldn't it? You feel like you were in the fire sometime. What if you was really in the fire? I mean, it can get hot in your kitchen with your wife, but what if you was really, really, really in the fire? They answered and said unto the king, true, O king. He answered and said, lo, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire and they have no hurt and the form of the fourth man is like the son of God. How long did that take? Now, let me tell you a secret. You get that fourth man involved. Ain't nothing can bind you. Nothing can keep you bound when that fourth man gets in whatever fire you got. So it doesn't matter how bound you are, you gotta involve that another man. They were the smart ones. We sometimes don't want him to know. But it ain't gonna get fixed, cause he already knows. There, we got the tapping noise going on again, don't we? They don't like that so much. But when the fourth man gets in there with you, what happens? You get loosed. And how quick can you get loosed? Just that quick. So how long have people been bound by things? A long time. How long have people been overspending? How long have people been keeping things from each other? Long time. How long does it take for God to fix it? Just that quick. Just that quick. Look at. John eight thirty six. I think you all know it. This is the NIV. So if the sun sets you free, you is free indeed. So you got that fourth man involved in it, you're going to be free. But let me read this next whole psalm to you because I think this is where... 99.9% of the problems are with people why they are not free. Do you want to know why? Get ready. Look at it. If you don't have an NIV, put your Bible down, look at it on the screen, okay? NIV Psalm 107. And look at the words to it and listen carefully to it because this will help set you free, okay? Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever let the redeemed of the Lord say this those he redeemed from the hand of the foe those he gathered from the lands from the east and the west from the north and the south some wandered in deserts and wastelands finding no way to the city where they could settle they were hungry and thirsty and their lives ebbed away then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He led them by a straight way to the city where they could settle. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love, for his wonderful deeds for men, for he satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. Some sat in darkness in the deepest gloom, prisoners suffering in iron chains, There you are again. For they had rebelled against the words of God and despised the counsel of the Most High. So he subjected them to bitter labor. They stumbled, and there was no one to help. Then, everybody say then. They cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. He brought them out of their darkness, and their deepest gloom, and what? Broke away their chains. Let them give thanks to the Lord God for His unfailing love, for His wonderful deeds for men. For He breaks down the gates of bronze and cuts through the bars of iron. Some, again, became fools through their rebellious ways and suffered affliction because of their iniquities. They loathed all the food and drew near the gates of death. Say it again. Then... They cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. He sent forth his word and healed them. He rescued them from the grave. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for them, for men. Let them sacrifice thanks offerings and tell of his works with songs of joy. Others went out on the sea in ships. They were merchants on the mighty waters. They saw the works of the Lord and His wonderful deeds in the deep. For they spoke and stirred up the tempest that lifted the waves. They mounted up on the heavens and went down into the depths. In their peril, their courage melted away. They reeled and staggered like drunken men. They were at their wits' end. Say it. Then... They cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he brought them out of their distress. He stilled the storm to a whisper, and the waves of the sea were hushed. They were glad when it grew calm, and he guided them to their desired haven. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for men. Let him exalt him in the assembly of the people and praise him in the council of the elders. He turned rivers into a desert, flowing springs into thirsty ground and fruitful land into a salt waste because of the wickedness of those who lived there. He turned deserts into pools of water and perched ground into, parched ground into flowing springs. There he brought the hungry to live and they found a city where they could settle. They sowed fields and planted vineyards that yielded a fruitful harvest. He blessed them, and their numbers greatly increased. And he did not let their herds diminish. Then their numbers decreased, and they were humbled by oppression, calamity, and sorrow. He who pours contempt on nobles made them wander into trackless waste. But he lifted out the needy out of their affliction and increased their families and their flocks. The upright will see and rejoice, but all the wicked shut their mouths. Verse 43. Whoever is wise, let him heed these things and consider the great love of the Lord. Now, does anybody understand what just happened in that psalm? They messed up. And they messed up again. And they messed up again. But what did they do? They cried out to the Lord. And what did he do? He fixed it. Over and over again. So how many times have you messed up? Keith's got a song that says, yeah. (laughs) Get the snappers going, somebody. Yeah. Keith's got a son. Says it seems like I missed it for the ninety-second time. Seems like we as flesh have done that. You miss it. Seems like in the same area over and over and over and over again. And as soon as you miss it, you feel condemned. But what do you got to do? Cry out to the Lord. And it says, uh, whoever's wise, let him heed these things and consider the great love of the Lord. Because he does love us. And if we cry out to him, he's going to fix it. Why? Because he loves us. And you may say, yeah, well, I just wish I would have known that before I really messed things up. It's just too late now. It's entirely too late. You've heard the saying, you know, it's never too late till they're dead, right? How many of you have heard that? Well, I got news for you. It's not even too late then. Turn to John 11. It's just never too late with God. Do you remember a man called Lazarus? Turn to verse 43. Lazarus, King James 11, 43. Jesus says, take away the stone. But then in verse 43... And when he had thus spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And when he that was dead came forth, what? What? I can't hear you. Bound hand and foot with grave clothes. Now that's late. <laughs> I mean, you've messed up bad when they buried you. And you're in grave clothes and they're having to roll away the stone. You could think it's it's kind of too late for it to be fixed, right? But it's never too late. It's never too late with God. He was bound hand and foot with grave clothes. And his face was bound with a napkin. And Jesus said what? Loose him him and let him go. And that's what we're saying in here tonight. Be loosed and let go. And I say over my own self, I'm loosed. What do you say over yourself? I'm loosed. You're loosed. What did Jesus come to do? Are you sure? Do you remember it? We read it last week. You want to read it again? Isaiah 61. The spirit of verse uh, one. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because He's anointed me to preach good tidings to the meek. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to captives, to open the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. The Message Bible says this, and I really liked it because it didn't just open the prison. Listen to what it says. It says. Um, uh, verse, the end of verse 1, it says to pardon all prisoners because they didn't just have to escape and wonder if somebody was looking for them. They were pardoned. They were clean. I know we know a guy that um, he was sentenced to life without parole and he picks on us today and he says, all of our friends and stuff, he says, my record is cleaner than your record. It's spotless. And that's what Jesus does for us. Doesn't matter what you did. doesn't matter how bound you are. Doesn't matter what things continuously, continuously keep going on and you keep messing up with. Pardoned, cleaned, loosed. Free. No longer bound. And this part I like in the Message Bible. Um... God sent me to announce the year of His grace, the celebration of God's destruction of our enemies. And to comfort all that mourn. Now look at Luke. uh, Let's see. I think that's part of the. No, the the New Testament goes on and tells the very same thing. Luke 4.18. You're going to like this. God's Spirit in the message, guys. God's Spirit is on me. He's chosen me to preach the message of the good news to the poor. He sent me to announce pardon to prisoners. Recovery of sight to the blind. To set the burdened and battered free. To announce what? is god's year to act is it your time to be free is it your year to act and get free and loose from whatever this is that's been binding you for year after year after year after decade after week after week and try to condemn you and keep you bound forever and keep you from going forward is it your year is it your time well do you have to do it by yourself I know you don't because that's the whole point of Jesus coming. That's what he said he came for to set you free. Why else did he come? But that's the problem. I think people have been trying to do it on their own in their own graces, in their own strengths, in their own abilities. And that's exactly what the devil wants you to do yes, that's right. is he wants you to be able to get up in the mornings and just look at it and just in the mirror like what we were talking about earlier, and do it in your own strength. And you cannot. You can't. Because the devil knows if he can get you to thinking and doing, he's going to win every time. But there is something else that can happen. Does anybody know what it is? Philippians 4, 13. The King James says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But look at the Amplified. I have strength. For all things, through Christ, who empowers me, I am ready for anything equal to anything through him who what? Inner strength into me. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. Now, when I thought about that, let me tell you what I thought about. Infuses me with inner strength. I thought about the supercharger on my Mustang. I did. That's exactly what I thought about. Because it has a motor. And that's kind of like we are a motor. Now, I don't have a clue how this thing works. So don't ask me. I just know this. That when you put your foot in it, it makes this whining noise, and it goes. It takes off. And the reason I know that is because I'm not supposed to tell anybody, but we raced this Camaro the other day, and we left it in the shade. It was a brand new one, too. And I'm telling you, the thing will go. So I know that when that supercharger goes in, we're going somewhere. We're not sitting still. Now, I've been in other Mustangs before, and I've put my foot in them, and they just don't do so well. But when you put your foot in this one, I'm telling you, and you go to pass somebody, you're going to pass them. You better be ready to hold on to the steering wheel. Now, I won't tell you how fast I was going the other day when I was following Keith and texting Dave. <laughs> it was not funny. But anyway, um, it, will, it will really go. Now, I found out recently that they have another supercharger for my car. And you can get it, and all you have to do is take this thing off the top, the supercharger off the top of the car, and bolt it on, and I'll get another 100 horsepower. Now, from what I understand, that will give me 600 horsepower. Now, somebody please tell me quickly while Keith is not here, will that beat his Corvette? It will? Mike says it will? I'm, I'm telling you, I may have to have one of you guys do it while he don't look so that he's unexpecting it, you know, and uh, we'll just be driving along and I'll just pass him. And I'll be infused with more strength. You get the picture. That's what the Holy Ghost inside of us does. It's a supercharger inside of us. And it infuses us on the inside and gives us power and strength to do greater than what we thought we could do. But we've been trying to do it in the own Mustang power. But I don't have a Mustang. I have a Shelby. And it don't say Mustang anywhere on it. They want you to know that. And it has 500 horsepower when you push that supercharger down. And I don't do it very often. But when I do it, when I need it, it's there. And it's the same thing with you. You may not need your supercharger just to go through life every day. But when that test comes, when that thing that keeps... Uh, the thorn in your side comes, you need to fall back on that supercharger and say, okay, Holy Ghost, anointing, I need you. I can't do this on my own, but I know you're in there. And just press the gas pedal and look to him. And let him infuse you with that inner strength. Then do what he tells you to do. That's what it was talking about, about looking in the mirror and being a doer of the word. Because he's going to tell you to do something. And that's when you do it. He'll give you the strength to do what he's telling you to do then. And that's when you can do it. You'll have the strength to do it when you didn't before. Walk away. Do this. Turn the computer off. He'll infuse you with that inner strength to do it that you didn't have before. Because that's the Holy Ghost inside you. We have something that the world doesn't have to overcome these things. We're infused with a supercharger. And if you need more, just bolt it on. (laughs) Just bolt it on. Spend some more time praying. Get more. So tonight, what I had on my heart that I wanted to do is because I know, I know what it's like to get frustrated by dealing with the same test and trial over and over and over and over and over again. And you just think, you know, can I continue to deal with this? Can I continue to do this? Well, throughout the Word, you know, I won't take the time to read you the Scriptures. I think most of you know, you know, um, Jesus laid hands on people and uh, helped give them more strength, more power, Uh, they were healed, he laid hands on people and the Spirit came on them, uh, infused them, helped infuse them with more power and strength to do the things that they needed to do, Uh, laid hands on them for ministry, just multitudes of things, and I won't take the time because of the time and read them all to you, but I just think in here tonight there's people that are ready to be set free from being bound, I just, you can feel it all over the place now. You can sense it all over the place. And I know that today I spent extra time spending with the Lord, uh, fasting and, and believing God and praying. And I had talked to Dave about him doing the same thing. And so I know we both did. And we want to hook our faith with whoever in here tonight. So just stand to your feet. Whoever in here tonight has been bound by anything. I don't care if it's bound by sickness. You could be bound by sickness because you like the attention. You know, you could just be bound by sickness. You know, maybe you don't like the attention. Maybe you just uh, have been bound by it. You know, you could be bound by cigarettes and you want to get free from them. You could be bound by... Um, Um, alcohol. You could be bound by, like what we said, being late all the time. You could be bound by, like me, drinking 26 Cokes a day, you know. You could be bound, whatever it is. But you mean tonight is your night to be loosed. You mean I'm going to be free from this once and for all. I don't have to put up with this anymore. I'm going to start it. This is going to be my point of contact tonight. When they lay hands on me, I'm going to say, this is my loosing night. I'm going to be free from this from this day forward. I won't deal with this again. And when it comes up, I'm going to use that supercharger, that inner strength, the Holy Ghost inside me to help me stand against this to where I don't have to deal with this anymore. If you mean business tonight and you want us to agree with you and uh start afresh and anew from this night forward and uh we'll do it we we mean business too with you so if you're in here and you want that done if you're on this side of the room from the camera go to that wall over there if you're on this side of the room from the camera go to this wall over here everybody in here start moving now because there will be several people so thank you lord and you guys go ahead and sing something for us and now listen to me as we're doing this, um, before they start singing. Uh, you know, it's not necessary to fall. Uh, falling's not going to set you free or heal you or, or anything. But there will be people behind you, but it's not necessary. But it is necessary to yield. You know, don't come up here and just go like this. They're not going to make me fall. Because what that does is it affects us and the person next to you. Because, you know, you're flowing in the anointing and you get to that. You know, so just relax. We're not going to push you over. Um, Dave's mean, but he's not that mean. You know, and so he's not going to kick you or push you over or anything like that. So just relax. If we see you're scared, we'll kind of even help hold you up. You know, so, uh, we'll, we'll flow with you and, and that sort of thing, but, uh, uh, just flow with us. Don't come up here and go this number. Just try to receive and don't, another thing. Now y'all are listening to me. That's getting in the line, right? As you're moving. Don't try to pray in tongues as we're doing it. You're coming up here to receive. You're not coming up here to give out. So just as we're doing it, just say, I receive. I'm loosed. That's it, and we're going to say be loosed, and you're going to say I receive. I'm loosed. It's just that easy for God. You saw how easy it was for Jesus in the Bible. That's just how easy it's going to be up here tonight, because you can be loosed just that easily. So, uh, you guys ready to sing?